Should we abolish the Electoral College? The answer is no. Hello, I'm Steve Forbes, and this is What's Ahead, where you get the insights you need to help navigate this turbulent world. With the presidential election season now in full swing, we can expect to hear more calls for getting rid of the Electoral College. Democrats especially dislike this institution because both in 2000 and 2016, their presidential candidates won the popular vote but lost the election because they came up short of the electoral votes needed to win. The cry of those who want to dump the Electoral College is, every vote is equal. These reformers want a straight national vote. They say the current system has candidates focusing on just a handful of swing states and ignoring the rest. The critics miss several crucial points. The Electoral College honors America's extraordinary diversity in terms of background, religion, race, culture, commerce, values, priority of interest, and much else. Under the college, a presidential candidate cannot win the White House without putting together a national coalition of diverse peoples and groups and interests. An aspirant can't go the distance with a now geographic or ideological appeal. This need to appeal to voters who may share some goals but have different priorities puts a premium on muting some differences rather than inflaming them of trying to get diverse peoples working together for a common cause. Hillary Clinton's failure to appeal to certain traditional Democrats in the Midwest cost her the election. This need to build a coalition makes candidates more attentive to local interests. A straight national vote would have parties focusing on voter turnout among their bases rather than working on trying to win voters who may not initially be on their side. A national vote would mean numerous candidates running. You could have an extremist win the most votes even though it would be a small percentage of the overall electorate. This possibility would necessitate a runoff of the top two. But again, with so many candidates, two extremists could get into the runoff. As for the charge that the Electoral College leads to the major party candidates ignoring all but a handful of states, the fact is that in almost any election, an office seeker is going to focus hardest as Election Day approaches, not on his base of supporters, or on the committed voters of his opponent or her opponent, but rather voters who haven't firmly made up their minds. Thus, Joe Biden isn't going to spend considerable time and resources in, say, Maryland, where most voters go for the Democrat Party, but rather up for grab voters in a swing state like Florida. Similarly, Donald Trump isn't going to emphasize a state like Alabama, where the overwhelming majority of voters are in his camp, but in swing voters in a state that could go either way, such as North Carolina. As for 2000 and 2016, when the popular vote was divergent from the Electoral College, which rarely happens in American history, the campaigns the two parties ran would have been very different if those elections were a straight popular vote. It's easy to criticize the Electoral College, but it's an institution that serves well the unique characteristics of the United States of America. I'm Steve Forbes. Thank you for listening. Do send in your comments and suggestions. I look forward to seeing you soon again. Oh,